All right, our last industry update for the morning is news coming out of China that technology giant Huawei is struggling to hold on after last year's U.S. sanctions were imposed on the company and a variety of other Chinese tech companies. So this is some reporting out of CNBC for context. After a rain of dominance, Huawei has dropped to the number six spot in smartphone shipments behind major players like Apple and Samsung, who are expected, you know, to be at the top of the leaderboard or at least in the top five. And then other Chinese rivals beat them out as well, such as Oppo and Vivo. This is uh, the first time, honestly, that it's been out of the top five smartphone shipment list in the last six years. This is according to data released by Canalys. In Q2 of 2020, Huawei was number one in smartphone shipments, and the rest of the year, they were dropped down to about number three, and that was after the sanctions first hit in uh, around May, and now they've finally dropped out of the top five. So again, this is all due to massive U.S. restrictions that have been placed on the company. In May, Huawei was blacklisted by the U.S., placed on something called the, quote, entity list. And this list restricts foreign semiconductor companies that are using American technology to manufacture their chips from selling said chips to Huawei. So if you are a company and for you to build your chips, you have to source American made tech. Now you are not allowed to sell your uh, chip back to Huawei for them to use in their phones. So to sell hardware and software to Huawei now, the U.S. requires American companies to source a license, and the U.S. government has shown few signs that they're planning to grant licenses. So really, it's kind of creating this um, a bureaucratic barrier for access to the technology. So this has led to major companies ending their partnerships with Huawei. Google is a big high-profile one, for example. They're no longer licensing uh, their Android OS to Huawei, which may not impact its Chinese sales very much, where Google services are already limited. But internationally, where uh, Huawei ships nearly half of its phones, it could impact customer loyalty if now a Huawei phone no longer has the Google system. Uh, other companies like Qualcomm and Intel also signaled back in May that they would not sell to Huawei until further notice. Uh, and right now, Huawei relies on over 30 American firms in its core network of suppliers, or at least it used to until these relationships uh, were severed. So with these sanctions in place, competition is posed to be incredibly tough for Huawei as they move forward, especially with Apple's numbers this year. Apple shipped 90.1 million phones during Q4 of 2020, which is actually a new record for shipments from any smartphone vendor in history. So not only has Huawei fallen, uh, but Apple is dominating the market and setting records. So, you know, uh, bad news all around for Huawei. Uh, Huawei is also part of a list of companies identified by the Pentagon as uh, what at least the Pentagon is calling extensions of China's military, the People's Liberation Army. And 
As if that wasn't enough of a blow to its global strategy, late last year, another one of their chip suppliers, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp., that's the name of the company, was also added to the Pentagon's blacklist. So just for a little more context on the variety of ways that Huawei and Chinese technology companies are being hit by U.S. sanctions and blacklists, here's a report from Bloomberg Daybreak Asia on the move. Uh, This is from last year in 2020. Let's go ahead and play a quick quote and then we'll get into some more context. As is SMIC, as I said, which is what might be one of China's biggest hopes to develop its own semiconductor industry to become less reliant on U.S. chips. So CNUC and SMIC are on the list, uh, as are a couple of companies that are involved in the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, now, this builds on an initial 31 that were on this list published by the Pentagon. Now, what the U.S. says is that these companies have links to the People's Liberation Army, China's military, uh, China's security apparatus, um, other names that were previously on that older list include Huawei uh, and Hikvision. Uh, They remain on that list. So there's a total of 35 companies now uh, linked to this list or on this list published by the the, uh, Pentagon that they say have links to the PLA here. As you say, what it does is likely put more uh, focus on these companies uh, by officials and lawmakers in the United States and potentially, potentially uh, exposes them to sanctions as well. So there are a few things that I want to point out from this story uh, that both uh, give some context at a, um, I guess, global level, right, an international uh, sort of commerce level, and then also trying to highlight some of the ways that Huawei plans to respond to all of this. So my first takeaway here is, you know, I question whether or not we can continue to expect competition to be fair. If there is really focused movement here from the U.S. to limit what kind of, uh, you know, natural free market competition there is, right? And I wonder how will this impact the quality of consumer smartphones if the supposed global free market dynamics that are to encourage innovation and quality, or at least, you know, that's sort of the the, uh, the mythos, the methodology, right? Um, the, you know, free market, we all compete, and the reason why we want it as, you know, deregulated and free as possible is because uh, naturally we're going to see innovation and the best products will win out, which means the best solutions for everyone. Consumers will be happy and businesses will be happy, right? But if the U.S. national security and intelligence leadership Uh, And, you know, we are the richest nation on the globe. We have, uh, you know, arguably the most influence on the globe. If we are limiting the spread of this technology and we are limiting, uh, you know, who gets to use what, uh, especially, um, you know, preventing U.S. companies from expanding their manufacturing base, how is that going to impact competition? And can we actually expect that to be any kind of positive for the broader, uh, you know, technology market for the broader consumer smartphone market? In my opinion, that is going to stifle things, and uh, if anything, uh, create some some stagnancy or maybe some complacency around the quality of of these products. If a major competitor is uh, basically muscled out. Of the market. And I also think it's important to point out that, you know, when we see the United States make these um, uh, these claims that the technology companies out of China are 
inappropriately linked with the military or linked in a way that uh, compromises national security. You know, we have to understand that the U.S. is making a nationalist decision for a global market because if their concern is just we don't want to work with companies that have sort of any sort of, uh, you know, unnatural relationship with their military – that is clearly not the sort of moral standpoint that is being discussed here because our technology companies here in the United States have many clear connections with our departments of defense uh, in some very uh, straightforward ways uh, and also in some more covert ways. And some of the most covert being, for example, the um, PRISM program that was identified by Edward Snowden in his NSA leaks showed that the Department of Defense and uh, the U.S. intelligence agencies have a uh, sort of clear back door to access um, user data and content from a variety of different um, companies like Apple, Microsoft, Yahoo, uh, for example, uh, without needing a warrant for that content and that information, which, uh, you know, in my opinion, would amount to a similar level of scrutiny uh, that, you know, why is it that these companies are allowed to just sort of funnel this content over and in many ways uh, assist in funneling the content over to a, a you know, national security state? Uh, if that is the level of, you know, we don't want to cross that boundary, we're clearly crossing that boundary Often. So it seems like more of a, you know, we do what we want to do. But if China, you know, has any sort of growth or any sort of momentum, we're going to do what we can to stifle their growth on the global stage. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a, you know, a U.S. motivated move that is going to impact various other markets. Uh, I also wonder how Apple's dominance is going to continue to grow, especially as their lifestyle brand grows. They're pushing into cars now with an electric vehicle, uh, hopefully autonomous, uh, in the next uh, seven to eight years. That's on their timeline. And we always see new integrations um, from Apple, new ways to you know, expand how their products fit into your day-to-day -day as a consumer. So if they're now shipping the most phones and setting records with phone shipments uh, in Q4 of 2020, what do you know where else do they have left to grow right and will there be more moves for them to expand that lifestyle brand or are we sort of seeing an apple peak uh and will huawei be able to respond let me just lay out here how huawei does plan to respond and then tyler i'm uh, interested in hearing your thoughts on all this but uh, huawei founder ren Zhenfei he gave a speech on the u.s sanctions back in june and uh, he said that the company is planning to decentralize its operations focus on making profits, uh, simplify their product lines, and freeze pay for three to five years. He said that the U.S. sanctions against Huawei have made it hard for the company to put its original globalization plans into play and have forced Huawei to develop its own production lines. Uh, Fei said, quote, there's a big mismatch between our ability and strategy. It's our weak link, and we are forced to start from the beginning like elementary school students, end quote. He also said, quote, please don't be upset because of the temporary U.S. pressure or give up on our globalization strategy. There's no future without embracing globalization in development and research, end Quote. So uh, what seems like maybe an unintended consequence here is by the U.S. Uh, choking China 
from using um, U.S. made technology to power its smartphones, you know, under the general guise of, oh, well, this is being leaked to the Communist Party. Uh, I think we may actually see China uh, be forced to speed up the development of its own um, uh, production of chips, its own, uh, you know, supply lines and start to develop a independent infrastructure that is free of United States technology, which is kind of what they're signaling here. But Tyler, I know that's a lot of information there. Anything that stood out to you that you want to highlight or that you think is worth, uh, you know, chatting about here? I guess the thing that that stands out to me about all of this is that um, on the one hand, you have the idea of a, a fair, you know, and completely open competition, right? Um, kind of like what you what you brought up: can competition really be fair? And then on the other side, you have, um, I, I guess, with that competition idea, you would say, okay, let's you know just put everybody out into the marketplace, may the best person win, that sort of thing, right? And and then on the other side, you have the concerns about. Um, possible connections to governments, to militaries, things things along those lines, right? And you you wonder if we've gotten to a point where you can't have as free and as open competition as people would like, simply because you don't know everything that goes into a smartphone. You don't really know the data that is collected and that sort of thing. It's just too complex now. It's too uh, convoluted to really understand and to know and to have this fair market competition, which then brings it all back to do you trust your government and do you trust decision makers, lawmakers, people like that to make the right decisions? And I think that uh, that I'm pretty sure most uh, studies would indicate that people don't trust their government right now. And so um, so that kind of leaves you in a precarious spot where you look at a story like this and say, are, are there probably things to be concerned about about Huawei? Yeah, probably. But do we also sit here and just take our government's word for it when they say, hey, you should be uh, nervous about things and we're going to affect just the, the, the level of the playing field here uh, based on our concerns? Um, I, I think you take that with a grain of salt as well. And so uh, it kind of leaves you in this strange middle ground of saying, uh, I see negatives on both sides. Yeah, and to your point, uh, you know, the consumer doesn't really get to make decisions about, you know, I'm going to buy a phone that doesn't mine my data, right? That literally does not exist. There is zero option for the consumer to do that. So what you're left with is what does said company get out of using my data and who is going to get my data and for what purpose, right? And... um you know, it seems like really most of the players either are going to try to mine your data for their own profit and for their own growth, uh, or the data is also being used for, you know, national information and security reasons, uh, you know, whether that's everything from sort of oversight to, uh, I don't know, threat detection, right? There's many reasons why the uh, several governments justify eating up this data, um, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of critique there, but I agree. I think we're in a place here where consumers don't really get a choice. And so you're left with few options and, uh, you're left with kind of a, a muscling, a trade war here with whoever gets to bully the other country the best kind of wins out and their product lines, their profits, Succeed. So what we're seeing here is just a further manipulation of the broader um, global free market that is, you know, supposedly being fostered here. And, you know, I just think it goes to show that 
for the end user, uh, something that is in the U.S.'s best interest doesn't necessarily mean it's in their best interest. It doesn't mean that the product gets any better, the content gets any better, that the technology improves or innovates to, you know, meet end users' needs. Really what we see here is, ah, well, the other team, uh, you know, is growing. We don't want them to win out. Let's find a reason to choke them. And, you know, now our stuff can take hold again. And that's the back and forth play, right? So I encourage everyone to... Uh, you know, continue to look into how, uh, you know, very, excuse me, varied geopolitics affect uh, the advancements of technologies like these. And, you know, I always think it's important to uh, dig into what might be the motivations of each country to make their moves and how uh, how does the uh, sort of local Chinese dynamic as well as local U.S. dynamic impact what they want to get out of um, their technology deployments and the data that they pull from their tech.